Hello and welcome to another episode of Mini Buzz, the podcast show within a podcast show. I'm Jonah Colazzo. Uh Hoover could not be here with us today. He is out doing some hood rat shit with some hood rat friends. Uh, but that's okay, because you know what? It's just gonna be me and you. So we're gonna get a little, we're gonna scooch a little closer, and we're gonna just, we're gonna be talking about uh, a little thing called uh, the Mandalorian season three. Um, it's gonna be my full thoughts and review on the season. What did I like? What did I not like? And more importantly, what are my issues of this season i don't know you know what this full spoiler by the way for this this season of or this review on season three so if you haven't watched it go do that i'm not gonna do a non-spoiler topic of this uh we're gonna just jump right into it and get into it um so let's go put on your helmets get your jetpacks ready let's jump in um my thoughts on this season i i I liked this season, and I didn't like it. The things that I liked about this season are all the things that I feel do not belong in this season. And a lot of that has to do with Bo-Katan and how her character develops over this next, over this third season. I really, really, really love the character development of Bo-Katan in this season. Hands down, it is strong, it is layered in perfectly, so that way every every moment we spend time with Bo-Katan and her character's choices, they are challenging her to become the leader that we know she wants to be for Mandalore. And I like that. I really, really like that about this this season. It it does a fantastic job of showing the complexity of Bo-Katan's beliefs in in or the lack of beliefs in the old ways of Mandalore. Um, I guess beliefs or or, or customs. Uh, and and I really like what they do with that. On the flip side, the things that I don't like about this season has to do with the things that I really, really wanted to be, uh, this season to be really focusing on, and that is the 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 the, the, the partnership of Grogu and Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, that the show is named for. Um, this season really puts Din Djarin in the back seat. If not the third further back seat, the one that no buddy likes to sit on because you're you're basically ass to ankles, knees up to your chest, it's uncomfortable. He's sitting way back there with Grogu in this season because he he has no real wants or needs in this season and that's frustrating um it's frustrating for two reasons one we want to see more of him we want to know you know we we he basically took over boba fett's season right the 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 the, the boba fett uh season um 
The Book of Boba Fett. There you go. He basically comes in halfway through that show, and they do a whole episode dedicated to Din Djarin, the Mandalorian. And we're like, fantastic. We are super excited to see more of what Din Djarin will do in the third season. And then the rest of the, the Book of Boba Fett is tied in so much with Boba Fett and Din Djarin coming together. So we are so excited to see that. We see the reunition, reuniting of Grogu with him. And it really, what we should have been enjoying in a Book of Boba Fett season, it basically goes, it is a trailer for what we are going to expecting to get in Season 3 of The Mandalorian. And then this season comes out, and it kind of... 180s the audience's expectations because yes Din Djarin does have goals in this in this season um he wants to restore his Mandalorian honor and that is fantastic for him the th- issue is is that this is an 8 season show uh, an eight episode season my bad two of those episodes Din Djarin's character arc his wants his needs his goals in this season are completed in two episodes and that is it and 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 it's and it's very frustrating because of what we were led to believe. Um, you almost feel like you're kind of being lied to <laughs> when it comes to Din Djarin's um, story. When it comes to this season, The Mandalorian. Um, this show really takes four episodes of the first four episodes. You could break this this season down, basically. What I'm trying to say is you could break the season down into two halves. The first four episodes and the back half four. And what's frustrating is that the first two episodes are dedicated to Din Djarin exploring Mandalore to bathe in the rivers and 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 regain his honor. And that's that's that really works for him. It's strong. It's motivated. There is some really poor, I got to get a droid to go explore Mandalore for me, connective tissue that this this two episodes are combined with um, that just don't fucking hold up any, like, it falls under its own weight. Because it's it, it's it's it frustrated me when I saw it. It, it really did. The first episode, he needs, he wants IG Eleven, um, because he's the only droid he trusts, and 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 they put him together. They turn him on. Turns out he goes back to his own programming, and he's trying to kill everybody. They turn him off, so he has to then go looking for parts in order to fix IG Eleven. And instead, he gets an R unit, an R5 unit uh, from Pelimoto. Only to come to the, the, the world of Mandalore, send R5 out. R5, you know, gets 
you know, jumped by a bunch of gorilla looking guys, like a like a chump, and and Mando just goes out and explores Mandalore for himself. Like he he pressurizes his head, his helmet, and then just goes out and does it. Like it is the worst connective material to progress these two episodes together to progress episode one into episode two and then so on it is the worst and and it's frustrating when that happens um almost as frustrating is that at the end of the second episode din jarn completes his mission he is bathed in the rivers he has to just come back and show that he 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 did it and he's all forgiven and then the next episode, the, the the third episode, completely bottles itself into its own world. And we explore more about the political and empire status of the Star Wars world. Uh, which is actually a really fun thing about this season, that, that they dive further into what the political stance is for, for, for the world. Um the core movies would have you think that it is black and white, you know, one is positive, one is negative, they're against each other. But this show, and I'm pretty sure Andor does it as well, but like I said, I have never seen Andor, I didn't fully watch it. Um, it, it really shines a light that, no, both sides hold positive aspects as well as negative aspects. And some of those negative aspects are very selfish. And 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 you see how the New Republic itself is trying to not only cover up but they're they're wasting material of the empire that they could revamp and use for for good. On top of that, they are also trying to get their hands on this cloning technique that Dr. Uh, Ershing, Urschel, or I forget his name, the dude with the glasses, uh, that, that um, wanted Grogu in the first season. Um, he has now defected back to, he has defected to the New Republic, and he is now trying to almost re, like rehabilitate himself into working for the good guys, basically. And and this show really show this this season really hammers home this idea that the political aspect of this world, the Star Wars, is not as black and white as we always thought. It is pockets and shades of multi layer of gray, multi layers of gray, and 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 I really like that. I I thought it was a really nice touch that this season does in like the back burner of 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 this season it's it's layered in a lot with grief carga Car, uh, Carl Weathers character and hearing his problem and hearing some of the starfighters problems on on different worlds and then this one episode that we get in in episode 3 where we focus more on the 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 professor that that uh that does the cloning and um the uh, I think it's a lieutenant from from Moth Gideon's um, crew. Uh, from let me see, I got her name right here. Uh, Katie M. O'Brien. And um, 
yeah, you get a really fantastic bottle episode, and and I really much like that. the 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 only issue that I have, as well as that season is, is that it has none of our main characters. And so, when you get into finally episode four, you get into episode four. You you're kind of wondering where is this the season going? We have already gone through half of this this uh, this season. And we have still yet nothing to show for. And even in itself, it almost acts like a small little bottle episode as well. Because it, it is not trying to progress the story more as it's trying to tell this little story about Bo-Katan going above and beyond to save the son of one of the Mandalorians that she doesn't see eye to eye with. And... It does fantastic work for Bogotan and 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 really this whole season, like I said, does really great character development for Bogotan. And this is one of those episodes. Like this one and I think I wanna say it is the fifth or or seventh episode does fantastic work developing Bogotan's story. And really setting her up for this leader, lead, leadership role that everyone sees her as. Um, and I like this episode. I, I very much like this episode. It, it, it works really well as a little, clo- a little closed loop bottle episode. It develops characters. The only issue that I have, like I said is that we have yet to know what Din Djarin wants to do. <laughs> and and because we don't know that this first half if you're going in to watch the show as I want to go watch the Mandalorian do his Mandalorian things this first half feels pointless and it feels useless and it almost feels like you've wasted your time spending it watching Din Djarin take a back seat in his own show and it doesn't it leaves it can leave a very bad taste in someone's mouth for the remaining episodes of this season and it doesn't help that the is it the 6th episode let me see here uh no 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 5th episode 5th episode is is the pirate episode that's where uh navarro comes under attack um from from the pirate king something something looks like swamp thing um that was that episode and and that that's also a really great episode and i think right there is within that episode you finally get the understanding of what this season wants to do they want to go back take over mandalore grow the mandalorian people again and really establish themselves as kind of people to fuck with like like you don't like like he they want to reestablish themselves in the galaxy again and i and i very much like that i like that aspect of this of this part of the story you know you have bo-katan's issues you have din Djarin and grogu playing patty cake in the corner and then you have this really cool undertone of of the mandalorian people Wanting to almost belong once again. 
and and really setting themselves setting differences aside as you know some some of it especially with the the armorists um as as out of character as sometimes that feels you can almost kind of say that it feels like it's they're trying to to they see that a new a new era is coming and they can't stay in their old ways they can imply them into the new works but they can't just carry them over and say that this old way is now still the new way they can't do that and i like this development of of the um i think they are considered the children of the watch I like that about them in this season and, and the way that they grow. I, I, I don't think it's too on character for the armorers to be kind of really f- casting aside her, her beliefs of, you know, a Mandalorian should not unmask themselves and really giving that, that you know, as Bo-Katan is, is expecting to lead and she kind of sees that, she knows that Bo-Katan will unite some of these these other Mandalorians. And because she walks both ways, she is allowed to remove her mask. And, and, and it's just like, it's something that I'm just, I kind of was like, either you better 180 me and say that she is, the armors has something up her sleeve. Like she's trying to entice Bo-Katan to, to go, hey, come come help me help you. And do it your way, you know. Throw splash your spice onto it, you know. Take your helmet off; it don't matter anymore. Um, and it really fucks with with Din Djarin. Okay, okay, we're gonna jump into that right now. Um, it really it 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 makes no sense for her to just be like, "That's old ways are out the window." Let's look to the future, unless she has something up her sleeve, and they never do. She is one hundred percent on board with this new Mandalorian. Um, way, if you will, um, and 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 it really feels off. Um, specifically for the reason that I was just about to uh, flip my table for. Um, it completely, when the armorist has this change of heart in in how a Mandalorian should be depicted, it really, really nullifies. All the shit that man that that Din Djarin just had to go through to regain his honor, and and I'm not gonna lie, if I was Din Djarin, I would have fucking flipped out on them because he literally gets gets his armor his honor back as a Mandalorian. She's just like, hey, did you bathe in the rivers? You took your helmet off, remember? You 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 punk bitch, you've always taken your helmet off. And then he's like, yes, no, I, I kept my helmet on. I bathed in the rivers. We're all good now. And then in like the next episode or two, she's just like, hey, if you want to take your helmet off, that's cool with me. Like, it's not an issue anymore. And it's just like, then why did you put so much shit on to Din Djarin for? Oh, my God. It, 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 it's upsetting. It was upsetting for me. And I can't believe that it wouldn't have been upsetting for him because he, he, he goes through a lot in order to get that honor back only for it to just not matter. And and that is upsetting. Um, yeah, no that 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 sixth episode is pretty cool. I I kind of liked it. Um, no, I'm sorry, that fifth episode. 
the sixth episode. <laughs> this is the one that I think everybody was kind of. This is the one everyone hated. This is the one with, with Jack Black and Lizzo. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> it is the most side missiony episode there is. Very much do this thing for me, and we'll give you a coin kind of side mission. And I think what's upsetting is that it doesn't. The mission itself doesn't do anything to challenge our 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 main characters. Like it could have been this side mission with all all these special guests, as long as they whatever the mission is challenges the beliefs or cha- challenges. Excuse me challenges the thoughts or or the status quo of what these characters are and it doesn't and it really could have because it's all dealing with droids it's got this interesting idea of droids are afraid of being replaced by humans um because they have some of them are kind of fucking it over for for the other ones because one of you know half of them or most of them are all you know, doing the job and being useful, especially when some of them are also defected over from the Empire. And a handful of them are going AWOL and and and, and causing trouble. And they're worried that, that as droids, as those bad droids, will ruin the reputation of all the good ones. And I like that. I, I thought that was kind of strangely interesting sandwiched in this very stranger episode um and it really could have challenged Din Djarin's beliefs on on droids but it doesn't he stills the same he he his beliefs on droids is the same at the end of this episode as it was at the beginning of the first uh episode in season 1 so <laughs> it it's it's frustrating it's a frustrating episode that doesn't really go anywhere um it almost feels like Jack Black and Lizzo hit up John Favreau and was like, "Hey, can we be in it?" And instead of writing a you know very complex and a very compelling um, episode, and then finding a way to slip Jack Black and Lizzo in there, it almost looks like they took them and then just created an episode around their characters um, to be there. That's how it feels. It's, it's whatever. Um, the, the final episodes though, I, I, I was eh on, um, and I think that really kind of sums up how this season feels overall. Um, Moff Gideon comes back. He has his own Mandalorian like troopers. We find out that, you know, he's basically, his goal is to wipe out all the Mandalorian society cool it just i think what what's upsetting about moff gideon and really what's upsetting about the the empire's presence in this season is that for starters it's it's not apparent at all like there is no looming empire um fear until until the third episode and even then it's really just like it. It seems like it's it's like low class empire soldiers doing shitty things to each other until we finally get Moff Gideon back. 
and we find out that you know yes uh, o- uh katie o'brien's character is working for moff gideon still and he's still trying to do something dangerous with cloning and and i think what i feel is that because this show takes place before the the second trilogy the the ray skywalker trilogy if, if you will um because it's taking place before then we know that you know the mandalorian season has to be a part or has to be working its way towards making that second trilogy make sense and I don't think they want to outright say that that is what they want to do. They drop, they're dropping names like Admiral Thrawn and other, you know, either Grand Moths or, or other generals that are out there in the Empire uh, before it becomes the, what is it, the New Order, the New First Order or something, um, as it is in the, the sequel trilogy. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> It almost feels like this, the Empire's presence really is gearing towards making the return of Palpatine make sense. And because they don't really want to touch that all that much, they almost feel like they're sidestepping it and giving very small little bits of this is, because our goal is that, we need to be evil to these people. We need to be evil to those people. We need to make clones because, yes, later maybe these clones might become the clones that, that you know, help bring back Palpatine. But as of right now, they're only for Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Tarkin. G- G- Gideon. <laughs> Moff Gideon. Um, they should clone Tarkin. That would be the badass fucking plot twist ever. I'm down for that. Um, but yeah, so so it, because of that, it almost feels like the Empire has plans, but we don't know what they are. So the Empire is not all that scary. But the show is telling us that we need to be scared of them. And that's about it. And so it almost feels like a very hollow threat if you will, um, and and it doesn't make all that excitement when you know Gideon comes down to kick some ass and and Din Djarin and 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 Bo-Katan basically defeat him and it's just like okay well cool like we we haven't heard about this guy in the sequel trilogy obviously then that means that he's he was planning on you know losing anyways and because we don't have really any kind of presence or or you know we don't know what the the enemy wants we don't really care if he wins or loses you know that's how it kind of feels at least for me it it felt that way when it came to the empire um i'm not gonna lie the fighting is badass i like the the storming of the um cornering of the mandalorians that we we had originally or like that that little small mission uh little like a little what is it exploration like team that that goes on to mandalore i like the cornering and and 
separation of them and Din Djarin and also I think the need necessary, you know, killing of uh Paz Vista, um, John Favreau's character, uh, as Mandalorian. And and I think it's really important, um, because then it really shows that there is danger in this season. You know, we saw a kid get taken by a big pterodactyl, got him back, no issue. Um, you know, Din Djarin has to go explore the poisonous planet of Mandalore. Never mind, he, he it's it's all cool. Like there there's very very little stakes happening for some of our main characters and when we get the death of Paz Vista it kind of reminds you like no, we're going to go into this battle and some people might not come back. And it, and it kind of sets his character up to kind of really drive that point home because you kind of do care for him after a while. Um and you really want to see what he does. I think it's kind of a dick move, though, that we never got to see how his son reacted to his death. <laughs> like, they really, like, imply the fact that, like, Din Djarin, since you are going to adopt Grogu, you must now be his father, and you must go teach him how to, of the ways of Mandalore. And, like, all this thing that a father needs to do for a foundling when, when it's, you know, when they have responsibility over them. And yet, you know, Paz Vista just dies and his son is still remaining and still is like learning from, I'm guessing, his own father. Now that father's no longer there and they don't really say anything. And I'm kind of like, oh, that kind of sucks that they don't, he sacrificed himself and they don't really say anything about it. But, um, but yeah, no. And, and how this, this scene, this, this, you know, season ends with Bo Katan yet again. Ruling Mandalore, I I do. Oh, you know what? The one thing that I do like in the the the, the fight between um, Gideon and 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 Bo-Katan is the destruction of the dark saber. I am pretty sure that pissed a lot of people off because they're just like, "That's the dark saber!" Like you don't fuck with that. But I'm kind of glad that it's gone. Um, it it almost kind of feels like the official closing of the chapter of the old ways for Mandalore. Um, the armorist puts aside, or at least puts a an asterisk, if you will, in, in, in how a Mandalorian should be, you know, taken how a Mandalorian should, should appear to the rest of the world. Helmet off or helmet on. It, it's kind of almost like it, it depends. There is a, a caveat to that rule. And with the Darksaber now gone, Bogutan almost could kind of put aside this need for, in this relic, we then put our leadership onto. You know, with, with whoever wields the Darksaber is now our leader. And now that the Darksaber is gone, she can. it almost feels like Bogutan can start anew as leader without any strings attached to some of the old ways. And I like that. I I really do like that. It sets itself up to be a very interesting, um, an interesting development when we return, I'm pretty sure back to what's happening with Bogotan on Mandalore. Um, and so, so yeah, like I, like I said, the, the season 
this season is really, really good with the stuff that we really didn't want to see. And it's really, really bad with the, th- with the things that they kind of promise. It doesn't mean that this season is bad. It just means that we kind of feel lied to. And I think that is a problem, but it's not a problem that I faced. I feel like I'm very, feel like I'm very wishy-washy, but I'm not. <laughs> like I, I very much enjoyed the season. I just wish, wish I, I kind of enjoyed it for the reasons why I was coming to this season in the first place. Um, but it does show that them, you know, Din Jarin and now Din Grogu are going to be bounty hunting all across the galaxy with you know cases slid under the door from the new the the new republic and so hopefully if we get a season 4 of mandalorian we really will focus on grogu and and dinjarin coming together to be badasses all across the galaxy hopefully we see a more developed grogu and hopefully we get more more than what we have been giving already because I think we have already kind of grown out of baby Grogu already and I think it would be nice to see maybe maybe even put a hold on on the Mandalorian season and and work on some of these other shows and in about a two years maybe even three years swing back around and show Din Djarin and Grogu older and more mature and let's go see them now and let's enjoy their their adventures because i think that would make a more compelling season than just another one so close and being yet another grogu being baby and dinjarin just being the father and then they have to go on an adventure i i think that would just be a little too much of the same same again Let's let's mix it up. Yeah, let's 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 mix it up. Um, let's let's see. I got some questions from from the season, and and then um, we'll we'll end it with some questions. I have I have a couple of questions myself, and then I had put a post up of of asking questions. So I took two questions from from that post, and we'll I'll read you guys out uh, when I get to it. Uh, question number one that I had from season from episode one, um. What the hell was that octopus thing that was flying in the the light light speed like blue stuff? You know what the hell was Grogu looking at? I don't know. That that always kind of it, I saw it and I was just like, what the hell was that? I don't know, but I liked it. It was kind of cool. <laughs> um, let's see. Any other questions that I had? Uh, ba 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 ba. Feel like I'm missing some of these. Um, oh, uh, question, yes, question from episode eight. I guess I only had two questions. Oh, no, three. Um, did Gideon really die? We had saw the destruction of all of his clones. Gideon does get engulfed in flames, but he is technically wearing Beskar armor. And he looks like he's covered up in more of it than I would say even Din Djarin is covered up in it. So, did he die? 
It, we've seen people come back from worse. So I don't think he has. Um, burnt up, maybe. Scarred completely, possible. But I don't think... I don't think this is the last we've seen of Moff Gideon. Um, last question that I had, and then we'll jump over to the two questions that uh, that I took from the, the post. Uh, what did, Gro- did Grogu communicate with the Mythosaur at the end? We have uh, Din, uh, Grogu comes down, says that he wants, or Din Djarin wants him to take the oath of the Mandalore. She says, you know, he can, but you need to be, you know, you could adopt his ass. They do it, sign the papers, whatever. And then Grogu looks down at the waters and the camera kind of follows down into the water and rolls up on the man, the mythosaur that's down there. And the mythosaur kind of wakens, like if he kind of like was like, holy shit, someone says something to me. Um, I don't know if they did or, or what, but I would also like to know what the hell that was all about. Um, because it's interesting, and and I and I really really liked the whole mythosaur aspect of this. Um, <clears throat> so let's jump over to some of the questions that um, was given to us. Uh, this is from uh, their Vizo Vizio what Voz podcast. I think that's how you say it. I apologize if I ruined your guys' name. Um, the question is, uh, I was just about to ask about this. I thought this season was kind of slow. Yeah, it is, it is, it is slow. It's slow in the areas. I think this comes back to the whole point that I made that, um, how this episode feels about the, the two, the two halves that I was telling you about, you know, what I liked about it and what I didn't like about it. I think the things that I didn't like about it, yeah, it feels super slow because you want to see Din Djarin kick some ass, do something that really pushes this season forward, and this season doesn't let anybody do anything unless it's Bo-Katan. And so I, I think that, yeah, if you're going into this season with the mentality that you're going to see Din Djarin do more Mandalorian things because it is called The Mandalorian you're going to find this season super slow, if not boring. Um, so, yeah, I completely understand how you feel. Uh, it did feel a little slow. Um, this is coming, this other question, the final question, is coming from underscore M8XX.X underscore. Uh, what was your favorite episode? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I had some love for season, for episode three. Uh, that was the bottle episode of um, the, the the doctor and the the spy from from Gideon's fleet. That was a good one. Um, let me see here. Episode four? No, not episode four. Episode five was fun. That was the bottle episode of. Um, that was the what is. Oh, that was the pirate episode. Ooh, the pirate episode. That shit was fucking badass. I li- I really did like the pirate episode. If if anything, I'm going to give it to the pirate episode. I I think that 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 season, that episode of just seeing all the Mandalorians come together uh 
and fight um, someone that, you know, that they kind of were able to, what am I saying? The fact that, that all the Mandalorians were really able to come together and, and I think, yeah, I think that's the fact that they, everyone was allowed to come together, work together and complete a task as one was really cool. I, I very much like that. It also shows the respect that Bo-Katan is now earning in this new, you know, almost found family. And and I liked that about her. I, and it's something that she you could see that she has always struggled with, the, the finding a place where she belongs along with the expectations, like almost the expectations of how she is supposed to rule are lifted off her shoulders and she can almost just become part of the gang again, a part of the Mandalorian crew more than I think her old crew was was treating her. And and I like that about her. And this also was the same episode that we get the overarching goal for this season, and that is to reunite all the Mandalorians and take over um, Mandalore as a planet. So I, I think if anything, episode five is the one that's really doing a lot and and carrying a lot for this season to actually be worth the watch. Um, and it's a lot of jetpacks. I like jetpacks. Um, let's see here. If anything, let me give you some of my favorite scenes and then we'll get the hell out of here. Um, one of my favorite scenes... Uh, when, oh, uh, when in episode two, when Din Djarin acknowledges Bo-Katan's father's sacrifice for Mandalore and offers his condolence with just, this is the way. I love that scene. Fucking, it gave me goose pimples all over. When we saw the fucking Man- Mythosaur, that same episode, also badass. You can even see that kid, you can see that Bo-Katan like screams it underneath her helmet under the water and it just bubbles. <laughs> like I screamed it, and then I could see that she straight up screamed it as well. That's a fucking mythosaur. I got excited. That was fun. Um, episode four: Grogu's escape from the Jedi Temple during Order sixty six. Ahmed Beth returning as one bad motherfucker. Uh, I really love that scene. It's a really powerful one, and Ahmed Beth redeeming his image in the Star Wars world. Um, I don't think we caught the name of that Jedi, but he does fantastic work as that Jedi. I'm so glad that they, they got to bring him back and really redeem him in the eyes of the Star Wars fans. Because uh, he got such an, a shit into that stick of for, for being Jar Jar Binks. Poor man. Um, let's see here. Maybe we'll give you one more favorite scene and then we'll get out of here. Um... This is not like a favorite scene, but I just, I loved it how many times that uh, Navarro gets rolled up on. Like, it gets it gets rolled up on like four times in this season. And every single time, everybody like looks up like, oh shit, not again. It's hilarious. I, I love that about that, about this season. <laughs> um, uh, let's see here. Um, oh, oh, yeah, here, we'll, we'll end it with this one. Um, Din Jarin's hallway shield fight scene, um, in, in the, the final episode when he rolls up on those guys in, in that hallway and R5 has to 
turn off the the shield that separates the hallway uh, that separates the hallways in segments. Um, it was such a badass scene. It, it really reminded me of in uh, Phantom Menace, the Duel of Fates. Um, the the scene where where Darth Maul, Qui Gon, and, and and Kenobi are all fighting in that one hallway, and the shields come up, and it's like one after another, and, and they're fighting in between, and then they have to stop and take a minute to because the shields go up. That scene reminded me of that. I had gotten weirdly nostalgic about that scene from Phantom Menace. It's a fucking banger of a scene, and he kicks some ass. Like, all the ass-kicking we were hoping that Din Djarin did made up for it in that one scene because he fucking goes hard. Um, But, yeah, that is that is all my thoughts on, on this season. It was it was good for what it was. I hope we come back with a sec- with a third se- fourth fourth season and and we do better. I think that's all I can say is let's do better. Um, maybe someone else besides John Favreau could also write it because I think we're getting a little pigeonholed with what John Favreau wants to see and it's starting to feel like it's not what everybody wants to see. Yeah, that's why we have writers' rooms. Pay them; they work. Um, so I think with that, I'll leave it be. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. It's been a real pleasure. If you like what you heard, please consider telling a friend about our show. Um, or don't forget to like and review. It also helps us grow and get more known by other listeners, such as yourselves. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, you can at cinema underscore buns. That's Z as the last letter of the alphabet. With that, I'm Jonah Colazzo, and this has been another episode of Mini Buns for this week. We'll see you all next week. Goodbye.